Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Caravans, campervans, motorhomes and more. It's the place to get hints, tips and impartial advice from the expert himself, Matt Sims. Brought to you by thatleisureshop.com. Join us on the journey with Motorhome Matt. Welcome along, I'm Keith Gooden. And I'm Motorhome Matt. I ask the questions and Matt, he's the expert that answer them. It's all brought to you with that leisureshop.com. Let's pile straight into the news this week. Episode 99 of the Ooh, podcast, by the way. We're nearly there, we're nearly there. We're nearly there, we're nearly there. Yeah. In the news today, a few weeks ago, we asked Caravan Guard if an individual converted their diesel motorhome to an electric one, mm. could they insure it? What did they say, Matt? <laughs> they came back a little bit confused. They said there are a number of things we would consider if insuring a motorhome that has been converted from diesel to electric. We insist that all modifications affecting things like the engine, suspension and drivetrain are done by a specialist garage. We cannot consider DIY jobs as we must be able to insure the vehicle in a safe and roadworthy condition. We have covered LPG gas conversions, but have not yet come across a conversion to electric. If we had full details from the garage doing the work, we could consider it on a case-by-case basis. So their answer is, maybe. <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> I think it's new territory. Um, and uh, yeah, this came about from a, a piece John Gooch from Life Beyond Bricks and I were doing, ready for our talk at the recent Southwest Motorhome Show, where we were talking about electric motorhomes. And he said he would convert his diesel-powered motem to electric and keep it for another five to ten years. So the answer is maybe. Iridium, however, have stopped their conversion. A month ago, back at the Caravan Salon show, uh, we spoke to Iridium. That Iridium released a motorhome that was diesel-powered. It was a Fiat Ducato, and it had been converted to an electric drivetrain. It was kind of hailed as one of the first. And our good friend Andrew Ditton got to drive it, and you can see him driving it with Jules from Here We Tow. It's on Andrew Ditton's YouTube channel, uh, and it's quite entertaining because it doesn't hang around, and he's, whoa, this is no slouch. It was kind of, right, we're off, and it was kind of heralding the change, I thought. Well, four years later... They've still got that motorhome. It's still on display uh, at the shows. And to my knowledge, I don't think they've built any more. And back when Andrew drove it, he was told it was going to cost around €200,000 to have this motorhome converted. But we were told at the show it was now going to cost €250,000 to convert a a diesel motorhome to an electric drivetrain. And of course, Ford have now come up with the electric transit. So Iridium are turning it off. They're turning off the production. They're considering it non-viable. They were at Caravan Salon with this uh, electric drivetrain motorhome, which is basically at the moment seems like a bit of a white elephant, I suppose. And they were there with an e-transit that they were going to convert, all blacked out. Um, So kind of promising a future electric camper van from them. Now, the company behind them is Muveo, a brand that we used to see a lot in the UK, less so these days. But I think it's one to watch. I think we will, we will see Iridium or Muveo, not sure which brand it's going to be yet, uh, converting an e-transit to a camper. But if you want a cheap electric drivetrain, <laughs> Muveo Motem, there's one in Germany going up for sale somewhere. And as we've said before, the big boys are in on electric now uh, uh, and uh, motorhomes, you know, they're, they're big. They need a lot of batteries. You want to put a lot of weight in them. They've got to go long distances. It's the toughest audience of all, isn't mm. it? I suppose getting somebody like Ford involved and Volkswagen, that's the way to go because they can take the great ideas from the innovators and they can invest in them, can't yeah, they? Yeah, and as we said before, I think it's going to be the smaller companies that can 
can innovate with that entrepreneurial flair and the freedom to do so. You know, they're not tied to their mass product that they're trying to produce. And then the big manufacturers can can kind of zoom in and buy them invest and, and the invest idea. in them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, I think we're going to see that happen. Mm. I think we're going to see a lot of partnerships, a lot of collaborations coming uh, across the whole motor industry as we move to toward this kind of net zero uh, for motorised vehicles. Yeah, the big guys can invest in that factory, can't they, and get the thing uh, mass produced. The Mulvan Caravan and Motorhome Show is 29th of September to the 1st of October 2023. Yep. Are you going to be there? We're all going to be there from thatleisureshop.com. I'll be there all weekend as well. Uh, it, this show is a, is a Warner show and it's a bit different to all the others if you've not been to one. Uh, this one, there's a lot more caravans at it. Um, it's a show that they recently bought and it, I think it was exclusively caravans and they've introduced motorhomes to it. So if you're in the market for a caravan or a motorhome or maybe you're undecided, it's a good show to go and see both. Uh, it's an outdoor show and indoor show. And the team from that leisure shop are indoors in one of the barns in the dry because it traditionally rains at this show. Uh, So we've taken an indoor space. Thanks to Warners for giving us that. Uh, And we'll be there with a load of caravan spares and accessories and no doubt lots of things on reduced price as it's the end of the season. So a good weekend. Uh, It's going to be fun, whatever the weather. How do people get tickets? Uh, Really easily. Just go to outandaboutlive.co.uk forward slash shows. Use the code MOTORHOMEMAT and get a discount on your ticket price. It's the Motorhome Matt podcast. I'm Keith Gooden. And I'm Motorhome Matt. And it's brought to you by thatleisureshop.com. Let's talk about our products of the week this week. Uh, Matt, tappers and covers. Tappers and covers. Tappers and... <laughs> it's like being on an old-fashioned phrase. Tappers and covers. <coughs> tappers and toppers covers. and covers. Oh. <laughs> That's fine. Let's go tappers and covers. Toppers. So Top, ca- toppers, tappers and covers. <laughs> yeah. So a motorhome or caravan cover is literally a massive great cover for your motorhome or caravan. And it's a brilliant security device because you can't see what's underneath. It also protects you from the elements, so protects you from the rain, uh, although then some of them are waterproof, some of them are not. Uh, protects you from bleaching from the sun and bird lime and tree sap. I used to be dead against them have to say I was not a fan and then we started using a maypole cover ourselves and one of my reasons for being against them is that they scratch the paint these covers absolutely don't I can vouch for it myself with a metal van it has never been scratched by its cover and we fit it really as a security device in the winter when it's in storage but maypole have also come up with a topper which is uh, much easier to fit than a cover. Trying to cover an entire caravan or motorhome is hard work on your own. Uh, a topper literally drops down the side of the van all the way around, about a foot. And then you use the straps to hook down under the sides. And it just covers the roof. So the bit that gets dirtiest through the winter from tree sap, uh, bird lime and just dirt generally is the roof. So this stops that happening. So a really good idea. Fantastic. What sort of money are we looking at? Um, they start around £100 to £180, £200. It depends on the size. Um, and what Maple have done is they've created a whole range of sizes. Uh, and we sell other brands too at that leisure shop. So they are, I think, a winter must-have product. Yeah, and I don't think, oh my goodness, that's a lot of money. It's not as much money as uh, putting the paint where right. No, and you can spend more than that getting it cleaned. You know, my advice is always wash it first. 
uh, before the end of the season and then put the cover on. The cover's going to go on easier. Um, and there is less risk then of any dirt moving around and possibly scratching a window or paint. I mean, that's the possibility. Uh, so we always put ours away clean, including the roof. And then when you get it out from you know, under its cover, it generally is still clean and you're certainly not going to spend half a day trying to brush all that green stuff off the roof or paying a valeting company to do it for you. Which brings us to the main part of the podcast for this week, podcast number 99. It is innovation from Webasto. So, Matt, who are they? Uh, Webasto have been around a long time. They're traditionally fossil fuel, diesel-powered heater manufacturers. We see them a lot, an increasing amount in motorhomes, particularly new ones. Uh, and on our own hire fleet, a lot of them have got diesel-powered heaters with gas being hard to find. They've been you know, a, a real benefit. But what was interesting, we went on to their stand at Caravan Salon in Dusseldorf nearly a month ago now, uh, and I was really intrigued by a product on their stand that was all about EV. It appeared to be a battery-powered heating system. I thought, what's this? What's, what's going on here? And it's a really innovative EV system that will run the powertrain and heat the motorhome or the car. Uh, and I thought, gosh, this is innovation from a company that really you know is at risk of disappearing its product range is going to disappear because it's all diesel then i discovered another innovation in partnership with an ev product i spoke to sebastian sonic who's head of systems at wabasto uh, and i asked him to explain a little more now if you run heating in your car on your ev battery you're going to reduce the range by probably 80 miles uh, on a charge Webasto offer a diesel solution which includes the filler cap, the filler neck, the tank for the diesel and a diesel powered heater that can be retrofitted to your EV car or your EV van. What are you holding here? It looks like a whiskey cask. What is it? The whiskey cask for fuel. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a fuel tank for the electric vehicles. So this is the diesel fuel tank. It looks heavy, so I'm not going to get to hold it up too long. But this, how how big is it? How many litres? I think five litres. And how long does that last then on the heater? The heater chooses on maximum power, zero and a half litres per hour. So, so ten, hours. 10 hours of heating. That's quite a lot of journeys, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's quite a lot. And what does the system cost in euros to have fitted to a car? That depends on the car. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. We have different kind of cars. Yeah, And for each car, we have systems available. And it costs depending on the uh, garage where you want to fit it in okay and is it available to have retrofitted in the uk i think so yeah my colleagues told me that's pretty sure possible (laughs) (laughs) but certainly it's out live in germany isn't it yeah in germany we sell it and uh, you can buy it in germany for different kind of cars so this is a brilliant product if you want to increase the range on a car or a van by not using the batteries to run the heating this is the solution isn't it yeah this is a pretty good solution for electric vehicles yeah and it's, you know, it's fossil fuel, but... You, know, you can drive it with an HVO. With an e-fuel? With an e-fuel, yeah. Sure. That's interesting. And that's widely available in Germany? At the moment, I think only 10 times right, in Germany. Okay. But I think in the future, it might become more and more interesting. Yeah. But it's a diesel fuel-based system. Yeah, it's a diesel yeah. alternative. So we've stepped around the side of the Webasto stand. Sebastian is with me again. Uh, and we're looking at some real future innovation here. Now, this is live now, isn't it? This is your electric heating system, but it's way more than that, isn't it? Yeah, it's a complete thermal management system of a complete vehicle. So this is a battery system that can be used to replace the fossil fuel drivetrain and a heater that manages the temperature of the battery and the refrigerant 
and the heating of the space inside the vehicle. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. But it's tiny. Yeah, it's, it's tiny. It's a cool system. Yeah. But the batteries are not very heavy, are they? Yeah, the batteries are still heavy, but they're water-cooled. And during this water-cooled system, yeah, you can increase the range of the battery a lot. So this is being used on German buses now, is that right? Yeah, for German buses. So have they been converted from fossil fuel to EV? Yeah, by the manufacturer itself. So the manufacturer's electric drive chain's gone in, and then you've put your batteries on it and your heating and cooling system. Yeah, it's called EBTM, and it's a complete system for our electric batteries. And the key thing there is that the batteries are monitored and cooled because they get hot, and the area inside the bus that the people sit in is also heated by this system. Yeah, for this system we use the thermal management solution where we have a complete system included the battery thermal management system and the thermal management system of the bus or the RV itself. And has this been deployed into any kind of leisure vehicle like a motorhome or RV yet? At the moment not. At the moment we start with this idea and some of the main manufacturers are very interested mm. but it's a very future proof thing. And I'm guessing it's quite expensive, is it? Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> it's complete new and, yeah. it's, uh, and it's a future. I have to say, this is a really innovative solution to, a, again, a stepping stone to convert a fossil fuel vehicle into an EV and know that it's managed in terms of temperature control and heating the living air, because that's a big challenge, isn't it? Yeah, of course. You have different kinds of temperature you need. You need a different temperature for the cabin, you need a temperature for the engine or drivetrain, and you need a different temperature for the batteries. Yeah. So you have different certain temperatures you need, and our system has to manage all these different kinds of temperatures. But it's, it's not a big system. It's physically quite small. It's the size of a shoebox, isn't it? Yeah, it's the size of a shoebox. I mean, the batteries are big. The heater is, is not very big. And the fuel pump is not much bigger. Yeah, right. The heat pump is yeah, like a shoebox. And our electric heater as a booster you see around. Yeah, it's a very small system. And it can be implemented in different kind of vehicles. Because you have small components where you can fit it in different kind of areas. Yeah. Yeah, and you can bolt on the number of batteries that you need, you just add to them. Yeah, right. Which, of course, on a bus, you can put them on the roof and under the chassis is loads of space. But in a motorhome, you haven't got all that space, have you, really? Yeah, you have not that space, Yeah, but you can mount the batteries under the chassis, yeah. Yeah, so they are waterproofed, yeah, and you can use the area under the chassis. So it's isolating also a little bit. And how long do you think it'll be till we see this system being deployed in the leisure industry, the motorhome world? From my point of view, I think the next five to ten years. Mm. Depends on the vehicle size. For the smaller vehicles, I think we are a little bit faster. For the small vans. But for the middle or bigger vehicles... I think it takes some time. It's interesting that you brought this to a consumer show. Do you think that change will be driven by the consumer, the public, or the manufacturers, the OEMs? Yeah, the idea is to show that we are willing to go in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this we want to show here on that show. Yeah, fantastic. I think it's great. Well done. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> So that's Sebastian Sonic, the head of systems at Webasto. And, and in that conversation, uh, Matt, you're, you're talking about a company who's going from diesel products into the EV world. You know, they're really looking forward, aren't they? They're really pioneering. It was one of the most innovative things we saw at the show. And I was really taken aback that it came from Webasto. And it's exciting to see a brand like Webasto innovating and looking into the future. And what intrigued me most of all is this product, this, the, the EV system. 
system that they've created was kind of bolted on the side of the stand. You could almost miss it. And I said, why are you sort of hiding it? He said, well, it's just a conversation starter. So they see it as still very early days for the adoption of this product. Uh, and they're working with it on buses. And no doubt they'll be working with it on other types of transport before it gets into the motorhome niche. Uh, but it was great to see, and I take my hat off to them, and they're a business that are obviously taking big strides into the future. And it's a truism, isn't it, in the business world, that when markets start to to shrink, when competition gets harder, when there's a huge technological change coming, like EV, uh, if you're doing what you always do, you go out there to the workforce and say, do what we do, but more of it. But actually, what is needed is change. Yeah, that's right. And they're yeah. demonstrating how they are. Yeah, how change at every that. level, change and change for the consumer as well. We've talked before about we need to change our own habits, and we need to spend the next ten years kind of changing what we've been doing for a hundred years with our cars. But it was really encouraging to see a manufacturer, as I say, adopting that change and embracing it, and coming up with a product that, frankly, to me. I'm a bit of a layman with this, but it looked very tangible and was very exciting. It's the Motorhome Matt podcast with me, Keith Gooden. And me, Motorhome Matt. It's brought to you with thatleisureshop.com. Let's get into our Q&A, the question and answer part of the podcast. We do it every week and you send us the questions and Matt, the expert, will give you the answers. I'll be in for my tea in a minute. This is my two minutes of fame. If you just leave me to it, please. What's going on, boys? Avid listener of the podcast. Absolutely love it. My name's Lewis. I'm from Leicester, also known as the Lawn Care Daddy on Instagram. So you may have seen me. I'm quite famous or not. Anyway, my question to you is, I'm new to caravanning and on a site with the Wastemasters, I keep seeing people with bungee cords attached to them and I cannot for the life of me fathom why they do this. So I'd love to know. And I don't know whether you have Wastemasters with motorhomes or not. Yeah, I'm interested. So, man, that's Lewis Lee Shield. He's quite famous on Instagram and he's going to have his tea. So what's your answer to his question about the bungee cord? So really easy and a great question. I love it. Uh, The bungee cord is for your toilet cassette. So you can take that out and strap it onto your Wastemaster, which, of course, has wheels. And then you can drag all of your waste, grey and black, off to the sewer and get rid of it. Simple. There you go, Lewis Lee Shield. Thanks for that. In fact, Lewis left us an amazing review on Apple Podcasts that he wanted to share. Yes, Keith, you are correct. That has got to be my favourite podcast on Spotify. So much so that you can't make episodes quick enough for me to binge on. So I'm having to listen to episodes multiple times. I'm loving learning absolute tons and enjoying the laughs along the way. Thanks, guys, and keep up the great work. And if you want a shout out, then you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's MHMP, Motorhome Map Podcast, mhmp.info forward slash review. Now, Tony Bullen is in Liverpool. Hi, I've ordered a new Chausson 640 Titanium Ultimate. I'm battling away on how to supply gas for it. I do want a refillable system, but don't want a fixed system. I have been looking at safe fill, but I'm a bit worried about refilling. Is the safe fill system allowed to refill in all the existing LPG suppliers in the UK and Europe. What is Tony Bullen banging on about there? (laughs) We keep covering this. So uh, this is a big topic, Gas. I mean, it's going to come a time not too long away where we just we stop using it and we just use electric um, with electric induction hobs and electric ovens and all electric appliances. But in the meantime, gas is a big topic. So Uh, Tony wants to fit refillable bottles that are removable from the van. You're right to be concerned about refilling. Motor Fuel Group have committed to removing 
all the refill points at fuel stations around the UK uh, and they're going to replace that real estate with electric charging points for cars and vans. So um, that's going to be a factor. So Tony, you need to keep an eye on where your nearest uh, gas refill point is to home. There are some motorhome dealers that have introduced gas refill points. Brown Hills have done it and now so have Marquis. So uh, no doubt other motorhome dealers and maybe other businesses will introduce gas refill points. Um, We'll have to keep a close eye on it. But I think it's a dwindling uh, facility, I have to say. Uh, Despite there being thousands of people that want access to it, commercially, is it enough? Well, for a company like MFG who are selling you know, millions of tonnes of diesel and petrol. No, it's not. So um, the same across Europe. Uh, we, I think we will start to see refill points of gas start to dwindle in Europe. So what does Tony do? Uh, well, that's a very good question. Uh, I mean, at the moment, gas is still available. Around here, where I live, uh, we're seeing it starting to disappear. There are some retailers that are said we're going to keep a refill point. So it works for me if I want to refill a gas bottle. Uh, but it really does depend where you live. Um, there's a really good app called mylpg.eu. I suggest you get that and that will tell you your closest uh, LPG refill point. Um, and anyone that introduces it that's new will no doubt get themselves on there. So gas is a factor. Refill gas is a challenge. The other option, of course, is to go to a, a pre-filled bottle like Cala or Flow Gas. Uh, and again, that depends whether you've got a supplier near you that's got stock. There you go, Tony. I hope we've been of some help. Hopefully that's the last gas question that uh, we'll be facing. John's I, gar- in Philly. I guarantee it won't be. <laughs> John's in Philly. I'm hooked on the show. Uh, watch it on YouTube most evenings. I have two 10 kilogram gas light bottles. <laughs> I told you. More gas. <laughs> Can I use these in my motorhome with the right fixings? They're they're much lighter as they're fiberglass. Uh, Thanks very much. Yeah, these are BP bottles, um, I'm guessing, if they're 10 kilo. Uh, It's interesting. When BP introduced this bottle, it's the event that sparked Cala to introduce their Cala Light 6 kilo bottle because they felt threatened uh, by the introduction of this bottle. And then ironically these bottles didn't fit in many of the gas cupboards so on motems and caravans. So Cala kind of won the day with the six kilo light. They've now, of course, discontinued it. They're not making any more. Um, so yes, I would say, John, if it will fit in your motome or in your gas cupboard, then yeah, you can use it. And, and the same answer as to Tony, really. Check you've got somewhere that you can refill it. The BP ones are great, though. They are very light. And you can see the uh, liquid petroleum gas inside the bottle, which helps give you an understanding of how much gas you've got left. And safety and all the rest of it, that's not a problem. You can use them in all motorhomes where you, you, you use, in inverted commas, a normal bottle. Yeah, absolutely. Same fitting. It's a, it's a propane screw fitting. No reason why you couldn't use it at all. And we talked before about this, uh, I think it was last week, to another, uh, another listener with a question about fitting a refill point into the motorhome uh, rather than taking the bottle out and refilling it on the tarmac. That's going to be frowned upon in Belgium. It's not allowed. Uh, and I had a recent experience where I was challenged for doing it here in the UK. So um, you might want to consider getting a refill point fitted to your motorhome. And I would talk to um, a gas installer about that, a motorhome specialist who could do that for you. Thanks, John, in Care Philly. How do people get in touch with us then, Matt? Really easy. Just go to mhmp.info forward slash askmat. And there you can click the orange button, record your question. Please tell us where you are in the country. And then we can put a pin in our map. It's getting crowded, but we love it. Uh, we love to hear from you. I'd love to include your voice on the podcast. Or you can fill out the form and submit your question that way.
mhmp.info forward slash ask Matt. That's one word, ask Matt. Yeah. And sharing? Share it with a friend. Well, if you think you know someone who would benefit from this podcast, the information perhaps is helpful. Maybe it's just entertaining. We would love if you would share it with them and help grow the audience of the podcast. Thanks for listening to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Remember to check back here for more episodes full of hints and tips and helpful advice. We'll see you soon for another Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com.